Hello and welcome to Simon's Radio. You're listening to the Open Source Lisbon's podcast where you can find talks of prestigious speakers from the biggest open source event in Portugal. In today's episode, you'll hear about the importance of open source and how companies like Zalando applied open source principles internally to foster code sharing and collaboration. The talk is called Open Source in the Enterprise, the New Normal, and our guest speaker is Hong Fuk Deng, founder of FossAsia, board director at Aussie, and inner source manager at Zalando. Okay, so um, good afternoon. Thank you very much again for having me. Um, just for your information, I'm wearing a very traditional dress of Vietnam, the country where I come from. Sometimes when people see me on stage, they wonder what do I have to do with um, open source. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my background and the reason why I'm here today. In 2009, I founded Force Asia. After being totally convinced by the value of open source, so I recognized the endless opportunity that uh, brought to me by the community and a life-changing potential that open source could offer to anyone, especially people from developing countries like myself. That was the reason why Force Asia was born. Our vision was to build a better world with open technologies by connecting progressive community in Asia with the global force developers. How did we do it? So we started to organize events just like the Open Source Lisbon in Vietnam. We want to create an, an environment where people can get together and exchange ideas. And um, after conference by conference, new ideas were formed, more projects were introduced, and now, 10 years later, I'm so proud to say that Force Asia continues to grow and now being one of the most popular open source organizations in Asia. Just a few numbers so that you can understand the scale and scope of the organization. We have released several open source projects to the public. You can search for Force Asia on GitHub. On an average of 15 minutes, we have one most pull request. We have 35,000 developers on the Force Asia list and 4,000 developers registered on our GitHub. We train over 2,000 developers every year through our coding programs. We also Google mentor, mentor organization for Google Summer of Code and Google Code In. We organize a lot, a lot of face-to-face -face meetings, developer events, hackathon workshops throughout Asia. And we have 100 plus authors uh, on the Force Asia tech blog with a lot of high quality technical articles. This is some of the open source projects that are developed by the Force Asia community. We have our own open source source engine servers. We have um, open source distribution uh, by the Force Asia Comelix. We also have the open source game. Uh, and recently, we um, started Neutral Club, which is a project that allows you to visualize your brainwave. Some of these are um, hobby projects, but some also have a high commercial value. 
for instance, this one. So this is an open hardware project that we launched about a year ago. It's now available on sale across the world, like in Europe, in, in Asia, the US. So basically, it's a USB power device that allows you to, to do science experiment. Yeah, and uh, you can attach any sensor with it and try to measure environment uh, data, for instance. Another project is the eventyay.com. This is our own event management system that allows you to buy tickets, to sell tickets, and to make scheduling for events. Similar to like what you have here, but everything open source. Um, we use it ourselves. Nextcloud conference is using it. The Konome Foundation also started to, to try this out. Another project is um, suzy.ai, which is entire open source AI framework. Um, could be an alternative to Google Home or Amazon Lexa. This is the Code Heat program that I mentioned earlier, the contest that we organized to um, encourage more contributors to Asia to contribute to open source project of Force Asia to win a trip to the Force Asia Summit in Singapore uh, with the support of uh, our own mentors. You can think of it similar to Hoptoberfest, but we have mentors that guide the contributors when needed. And uh, this is a picture taken from the Force Asia Summit earlier this year at our 10th anniversary. And this is also something that we are famous for, our conference. It happened every year in Singapore. The next version is going to be um, in March 2020 from 19 to 22. If you happen to be there, please join us. So. I am very grateful for the last 10 years, a lot of things going on, and I'm so happy that we'll be able to sustain our organization. So my goal in the organization is to overlook uh, the different projects and make sure that um, we follow our vision. I connect with companies, um, uh, with communities, not only in Force Asia, but outside of Force Asia, to make sure that we continue to grow and bring the idea of open source throughout um, Asia. And that was also the reason why I got elected to be the board director of the Open Source Initiative uh, this year. So back to the topics of today's talk, I'm going to cover the elements that make up open source ecosystem. We will look at the case at Salando, how they do open source there. And finally, I want to give some key takeaways for you, the people are here in the room. So open source ecosystem. What is make of? First of all, we need to talk about the communities. So the communities are the core of any open source project. Without the community, there is no existence of open source project of any kind. So, um, and there are also different types of communities. The first type, type number one, are the communities that, that are formed and established around one particular technology, for instance. So these are, I would say, the dinosaur projects in the world. I, I bet that you all know of them. Um, VLC, we have a developer right here in the room who's going to give a talk later on today at 5.35. Yeah. So if you want to learn more about VLC, you can go to the talk in the tech room. The second type of community, uh, the community that solves multiple projects. For instance, Force Asia, the Linux Foundation, or the Open Technology Alliance in Greece. 
Um, so not only focus on one, but the combination of different initiatives. And the third communities are the communities that are formed by research institutes around the world uh, and sponsored by universities. For instance, the Institute of Applied Informatics by the University of Leipzig in Germany, Sustainable Computing Research Lab by the University of Colombo, Sri Lanka, and uh, the Robotics Laboratory by the University of, Toronto, um, of Tokyo in Japan. These are only a few examples. And earlier today, I also learned that there is a university here in Lisbon that offers master degree in open source. And this is the first time I heard of such degree anywhere. So congratulations, you are leading the trend in education and open source. The second players in the ecosystem of called the businesses, the companies that offer open source products, open source service. And I want to, to emphasize that Red Hat is not the on, only company that makes money with open source. Right here in Lisbon, we have this Saiwan, the company with over 20 years of history and still continue to grow. Am I right? Yeah? And then we have many other players. We have uh, Nextcloud from Germany, uh, the open source cloud provider that now being considered for the German government. Uh, we have uh, Library Bitterja from Spain, we have Redative, we have Collabora from the UK, and my uh, friend David uh, later on will talk more about the BBC open source, right? So there are a lot, a lot of examples. This is um, a report that released by Red Hat earlier this year. So they did an interview on 950 IT leaders from US, from the UK, Latin America, uh, Asia Pacific, and they found out that over the past 12 months, the use of enterprise open source has increased 68%. And at the same time, they also predicted the next year, it can increase 59%. So there is a huge opportunity for any company that offers open source services. The third player in the ecosystem, industry leaders, companies like Google, Microsoft, uh, Facebook, IBM. So there is a very, very long list. If you look at uh, the Linux Foundation sponsor membership, and the, the number continues to grow. But it's not only American-centric companies. If you can, if you notice on the on the screen, there are also companies like Tencent. Well, Tencent, uh, how do we say now? Probably the most valuable brand in terms of technology in the world, based in China. Yeah, and we have Baidu, we have Alibaba, Juvisu uh, from from Japan. So many more. So now, if we look all the big company that do open source, so it's not something new anymore. They make so much money, they believe in open source, so we should also believe in to, to do open source ourselves. And um, the four players is the um, government. So um, governments around the world are adopting open source technology. One example here from Singapore. In 2011, the Singapore government released one shop portal with um, data sets of over 70 public agencies um, to the citizen that allowed citizens to access 
to government data and to create business to make application around this open data. And uh, two years ago, they also released one application uh, transportation platform developed by the government called BeLight. They released their application open source. Another example is Gov.Asia from Taiwan. I don't know if anyone heard about this um, initiative. Uh, so basically, advocate for transparency of government data and uh, debut a lot of solutions for the public good and proposals to the government. And right here in Europe, in 2017, there is the Tallinn Declaration on e-government. There was one key point in this declaration, requested the EU Commission to um, make use more open source solution in, um, in ICT projects that are funded by the EU. And because of that, the Commission started multiple initiatives in the central is the EU FOSA, uh, started by the European Commission. The project aims to uh, increase security of open source software. So they have several work streams on this project. They organize uh, hackathons. They launch something called the bug bounty programs. And they also try to increase the collaboration with the communities. And just last week, I was um, in Brussels together with Alex. So we attended a meeting together with the commissioner who come and talk, to the, uh, and talk with companies um, around Europe about policy that can push force for SMEs. So they really want to listen and want to see what kind of uh, things that they can do to, to, to push force technology. Sharing and reuse conference. I think they organized they organized it only two times. So um, they invited representative of member states around Europe to come to talk about national strategy policy and, and any efforts that help to deliver their commitment into the Italian declaration. Okay, and this is the example that being mentioned earlier. They, there was also research that released earlier this year on the impact of a change in the French technology document policy that required government agency to favor open source software. And the result of this was an increase for 5.4% in companies that use open source, up to 18% um, the number of IT-related startups, up to 14% of number of individual employed in IT-related jobs. So all of these things are happening around the world. So I would say that we have a very healthy ecosystem, and there are a lot of opportunity for the future. And now I want to look at um, one case, the case of Zalando. Uh, the company that I believe very successfully leverages the value of open source. For those of you uh, who have not heard of Zalando, this is one of the biggest online fashion platform here in Europe. Um, last year, we make around 5.3 million euros and uh, employ 16,000 people around Europe. So inside Zalando, uh, there are about 2,000 employees working in tech, 
made up of 200 uh, teams and um, open source microservice APIs at the key approach of Zalando when it comes to software development. Every team at Zalando has the freedom to choose the technology and the process that they want to work on. And we have something called the Tech Radar that acts as the guideline for teams who want to use open source technology. So you can see here um, what kind of languages that are being adopted in Salando, what languages are being trial access or being on hold, and this is actually a guide for engineering teams. You can find the Tech Radar on, on the website opensource.salando.com. And for the internal version, we also, uh, different team, they share the experience on a certain technology so that the next team can learn from and make decisions for themselves. Internal open source uh, community at Zalando, so the core is the open source review group are the experts with a lot of knowledge in open source that uh, work on the strategy and uh, the policy around open source. We also work with uh, compliance team, security, the management level, diversity group, and employer, employer branding. The open source uh, queue is our internal open community that anyone with the interest can join. We have uh, a central developer manual where a lot of documentation are available there so developers can, uh, can find information that they need. We have one central platform where all the APIs can be discovered in search within the company. And we optimize for sharing inside Zalando. It's very easy to boot up a tech demo, tech talks, or organize an event where you can invite your colleagues to come and share ideas and work together. Uh, and Zalando doesn't only use open source, we have a clear release process for open source. So if you look on the website I showed earlier, there's documentation how a team should release anything open source. And because of this, last year we have 25 new projects released on the open source of Zalando on GitHub. We make 521 contributions to the upstream projects that Zalando uh, adopt in-house. And most importantly, we also receive a lot of contribution from people around the world, not only Zalando employees. So you can see here on the draft, this is a report that generated at the end of uh, 2018. More information. So 25 new release, but we have almost 200 different projects. You can check out. Um, uh, our GitHub key takeaways. So um, what can we learn from all these examples? So I only have a few things that might be useful for you. If you are thinking of doing open source or you where to start. So the first thing that you should know, open source is all about sharing and collaboration. Before, before you start with anything, you need to look inside the con condition of your company, are you optimized for sharing and collaboration? So you must establish an infrastructure that allow people to work together in the most efficient way. And this can be done by using platform, like the cost sharing platform. So GitHub, GitLab, there are many other things 
just to make sure that people inside the company be able to access to all the course and understand what is available inside the company and being developed by all the teams. Communication channels. Um, People ask us, so what is, uh, some time ago, I got the question, do people to use IRC, Slack, or, or what do people use the data developers? So it really depends on what is your developer most comfortable with. So you don't force them to, uh, to use something that they, that, that they don't like. So need to get the feedback from your own developers and see for yourself. And at Zalando, we also have something called the gross team contribution models. For instance, if one team wants to contribute code to another team, so what is the model? Uh, do they need to think about anything so you give a guideline to them? And we have one, as you see earlier, one central extendable documentation that everyone can contribute. Reward good behaviors and best practices is, is important to get more buy-ins. And finally, hire force people if you don't know what to do. The people who really in the community because open source never, never work if you don't really be part of the community yourself. The second takeaway, open source adoption. So what kind of project to adopt? Uh, first of all, you need to allow your engineers to consume open source software and make open source as the first approach to software development in your company, check out what is available out there, and use open source first. So adoption guidelines, you have several things that you can do. For instance, you can have something like the tech radar, or you can look at the maturity indicators. So what kind of maturity indicators? So is the project active? How many release? How regular is the release? Uh, is, is there a community behind how many maintainers the project sell? There's several things that you can look into in the history of the project. And uh, the next is to offer onboarding training like we did at Zalando. I designed uh, an open source onboarding training where newbies, when they come in, they are aware of what we are uh, doing and they understand the expectation. And in the onboarding training, we also, do, um, we also cover topics like licensing and compliance. And the most importantly, pay for open source. Why do you have to pay for open source? So a lot of companies out there think that, okay, so if it's open source, it's free, I would just use it. And ask my engineer to take something from the community and then try to deploy in-house, right? But often, they don't realize that if the if an established open source project out there, the people already spend so many years working on it, and your engineer have never involved in the project before, even you have a genius, how long does it take for a person to get into a new project, right? And you're thinking that, okay, I already have engineer in how let's do something ourselves. You need to do before doing that, please look at the cost and analysis. How much does it cost your engineer? How much time that they need in order to deploy something rather than just hire somebody from that project? So I encourage you to, to think that you should pay for open source, pay for enterprise person, pay for the expert to help you, pay for consultant. It helps to roll the ecosystem and it also saves you money. Not paying is not really the trivial thing to do for companies. And the final takeaway, community engagement. 
actually participate in the community by going to events like this to send your engineer to come and speak that event um, to sponsor and host open source event in your premises um, to participate in existing open source program by by other people so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel yourself and encourage upstream contribution. For instance, you use uh, Spark or you use Java, so you encourage your people to contribute back to, to, to the community, support academic research, and finally, it would be really nice if you also release your code to the community so that people can get benefit from it at the same time, build a reputation for your company. Okay, so I think that's all I have for my presentation. Um, thank you very much for uh, being here and thank you, organizer. It was really well organized, the conference, I must say. Being an organizer myself, I see that you put a lot of effort. So, and 14 years conference, right? Amazing. Well done. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts so you never miss out any of our episodes. Once again, many thanks and see you next time.